Greetings and welcome to the Mount Rushmore Podcast. My name is Jeff. Guess who's here? It's Richard. Hello. And Michael. Howdy. What a couple. They've got so much power. The power to podcast. <laughs> they are a power couple. And then Jeff the third is, wheel. Jeff, Jeff is so <laughs> desperate to like <laughs> lay, lay the cards on the table for this. I, like, I, how can I, I set this up? How can I? How can I set this up? How can I put it out there? in a clever way, but I'll just going to reveal what it is. Our topic is celebrity power couples, not obscure power couples like Marty and Lisa who run the uh, fishing uh, uh, tackle store down by the marina. They got a lot of power. They got so much power (laughs) over what gets caught in the the lake. But uh, um, (laughs) these are celebrity power couples. And this is, I guess, our Valentine's Day kind of approaching Valentine's Day episode. So uh, yeah, it's pretty gauche to put out an episode on Valentine's no, Day about no Valentine's because, like, what are you going to give that to someone as a podcast? Yeah, no, we're <laughs> going to present. Where do you got chocolates, <laughs> or you got this crappy podcast by these three losers? <laughs> by Valentine's Day, we're drunk for St. Patrick's Day, so we're going to be <laughs> powering into just roll right into it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I'm just going to say uh, that uh, Richard should start because Michael started last week. All right. So my first choice in this is Spencer Tracy and Catherine Hepburn. Oh, wow. That's kind of uh, um, unorthodox, right? Yeah, because they never actually were married. Yeah, and to, ne- to each other. <laughs> well, they not to each yeah. other. That's, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's true. Um, you know, basically carried on a 30-year-long affair that everybody in Hollywood knew about and everyone everywhere kind of figured out. Yeah. But Spencer Kurt Tracy refused to divorce his wife because he was a devout Catholic. Couldn't be too devout because he was cheating on his wife, I suppose. Yeah. But still. Yeah. Um, you know, this and they you know had this amazing chemistry in their movies. They made nine movies together. And you can just see the chemistry that they have for with each other in those movies. And at that doesn't always translate you know it's not just i mean look at look at ben affleck and any of his people you know in jennifer lopez in in Geely. Mm-hmm. no chemistry whatsoever in that movie yeah so it's it's not a given that the passion and the chemistry that a couple has is going to translate to the movies they make together yeah but boy, that certainly wasn't the the problem with Spencer Tracy and Catherine Hepburn. Amazing okay. chemistry together. Mm-hmm. Uh, do you, you know, I, I always feel like they were definitely not each in the mold of, of what they were, kind of the job description. Like Catherine Hepburn was definitely not unlike Jean Arthur and that she was kind of a sassy, um, a holding her own um uh, trouser wearing kind of gal in an area era in which there were um, bombshells and and um, um, you know um, Lana Turner you know kind of uh, actresses and Spencer Tracy had a little bit it's not that like he was Cary Grant you know he had a little bit more of a of kind of a everyman kind of nature to him so it almost seems like there are two people who broke their own mold. Yeah, I mean, definitely iconoclasts in a lot of ways. Um, you know, definitely two people who, I guess, were, you know, were ridiculously famous in a different era of being ridiculously famous. Mm-hmm. 
I mean, I can't imagine a scenario where two major stars who keep acting in movies together hmm. could carry on an affair for 30 years yeah. today. Yeah. I mean, TMZ would be, is pretty much all over any relationship that starts up sometimes before the people who are in the relationship know uh-huh. basically. Yeah. And so it's just would be impossible for that type of relationship to exist today. Mm-hmm. Do you think like when I, there was a, um, I think it was the movie Hail Caesar that depicted the uh, efforts of a Hollywood fixer, Eddie Mannix. And mm-hmm. uh, the Hollywood at that time was uh, beginning to be scrutinized. I think Hollywood had a good two or three decades of, of, uh, of a time when it was this kind of, it was so far removed from New York and from a lot of these major metropolises. And so those, those people who were making the product, the, the factory where all the stuff was made and the people in it were so far away from everything else that it, it took a lot of energy for gossip and information to get out and get out to the world. But then radio and electronic media started existing and people's interest in Hollywood via these photo plays and all these cool magazines uh, started growing. So all of a sudden there were all these cameras pointed on all these people. Uh, and, you know, we know that, that athletes and be- people like uh, um, uh, Babe Ruth and, and uh, not that they necessarily did bad things, but even like Ted Williams, <laughs> you know, could, could do things back then that, that you couldn't do today for sure. Yeah. It almost seems like there was a time where Hollywood was this kind of closed system um, and then when I think with the Hayes code and all that stuff, um, emerging where, where people were scrutinizing what they were doing, that's, that's when stuff got, people were looking into the windows and under, under the mattresses for, for sketchy behavior. Yeah. Uh, do you think there's anything about when you say the power there is the power, their chemistry or is the power, but they were both phenomenal performers because they they were for sure both both okay both i think i mean in their eras they were probably certainly katherine hepburn was the most famous Mm -hmm. actress of that era i would say yeah and spencer tracy if he wasn't number one he was certainly in the conversation yeah yeah for sure so i mean it definitely has that kind of brad pitt and angelina jolie like Mm-hmm. Two incredibly famous people who I imagine probably that was something that you bond over. Yeah. Just the burden of being famous. Yeah, for sure. And all of the issues that you go with it. Maybe mm-hmm. Spencer Tracy couldn't his his couldn't relate to with his his actual wife, mm-hmm. who is just like a housewife type. Mm-hmm. And so maybe there's an element of, of, of that to their relationship as well. Yeah. Cool. All right, um, Mike, what's your first? Uh, my first choice uh, is uh, Beyonce and Jay-Z. I thought oh, nice. I was really kind of honed in or obsessed with today or when we started talking about this subject of like the word power in power couple. Originally, it was like Hollywood power couple. Then it became celebrity power couple. And um, the, But the word power was always in there, power couple. And I thought of like, who are the people that like, either have like the most influence uh, at least within like an entertainment world or have like the seemingly endless supply of people that um, 
will cheer for them or back them or something. And I thought of like, or whatever project that they want to get done can get done. And I thought, well, gosh, Beyonce certainly is the most uh, popular uh, female artist currently Mm -hmm. living, or maybe if not number one, number two, or one A and one B with maybe like, Mm -hmm. I don't know, Taylor Swift or something. But I don't really think of Taylor Swift as like, all that powerful, but she seems like she is just a person that like just gets shit done. She does things, things come out and they're huge. Same thing Mm -hmm. with like Jay-Z. I mean them together. I think, I don't know if he is a billionaire in and of himself, but certainly together they are billionaire Mm -hmm. or billionaires or whatever. Yeah. And whether it is his, you know, kind of like life within um, making rap albums or producing rap albums or doing uh, uh, you know, owning the, being a kind of partial owner of like the Brooklyn Nets or mm-hmm. like, these are just two very wealthy, powerful, connected people who have the ears of, I'm sure world leaders and anybody in any different part of the industry, whatever, whatever industry it is. And it's like, you know, to, it's, it's wild to think of where um, both of them have come from, you know, like he's, you know, started out as just a rapper and she started out as like one of the third parts of destiny's child, Mm -hmm. (laughs) you know, like her big, like multimedia career was like, Oh yeah. She was like the lead girl in Austin powers and gold member. (laughs) And then suddenly Mm -hmm. she's just like, Oh yeah. She's just a one name. She went from being Beyonce Knowles to being just Beyonce. And uh, I don't know. There's just something about these two as people that can just do whatever they want. I, I don't yeah. know. Within the entertainment world, I think is fascinating and seemingly powerful. I don't mm-hmm. Yeah, I think of for sure that uh, that's a that's a pretty great example. I'm trying to think of anybody else in the world of music who's a couple like that who has that equal. It seems like she's kind of eclipsed him somewhat, but. I think he's more kind of in the business and behind the scenes. Was he like the a label executive for a while? Wasn't he? I forget. Uh, yeah. Uh, uh, which one? Uh, is it Columbia? Rock- I have. I'd have to look it up. But yeah. I know Rock Nation. He's. I. You know. This is. It speaks to my ignorance specifically. But he has been involved with like everything, like and bringing up, uh, you know, producing albums for people that have made. That have sold hundreds mm-hmm. of millions of copies of albums. Yeah. Do you guys do you guys remember when Beyonce's sister started whomping away on uh, on Jay Z in an elevator after a Met Gala one time? No, <laughs> that was fun. That was a big deal. That was back in like I don't know 2014. Um, I'm looking up right now, and yeah, it was just it was just this elev- grainy elevator footage of of them getting in a new elevator and, and her starting to yell at him and then her starting to beat the crap out of Jay-Z as Jay-Z like kind of like cowers in the corner. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I think that's a, a, that's a part of a lot of celebrity relationships is that sort of up in an elevator. <laughs> being beat up in an elevator. Everyone has done. I mean, that, that could be any relationship though. Who, who among yeah. us hasn't? Yes. No, I, 
the, it the whole es- might be an escalator. It might be a, a moving, a moving walkway. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. I, no, I, 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 and they've never really exactly said what the fight was about, but there's always been the assumption that maybe he was flirting with someone or it was something inappropriate was happening with a female that Solange was mm-hmm. very upset about. Yes. And there's that element of celebrity power couples where it's like, there's almost this tension of like, how long can they last together Mm, before somebody's going to fuck this thing up? Mm -hmm. And that was just, you know, a pretty, because everyone fights, but everyone doesn't have their wife's sister whomping. Maybe they do. I don't know. I, I would imagine that happens a lot in the South is what I'm trying to say. I'm just glad that Solange uh, took a page out of Andy Cap um, to, yes. <laughs> to use the handbag as a weapon. <laughs> I thought it was weird that she pulled a rolling pin out of her purse yeah. <laughs> at the Met Gala. I don't know what she had a rolling pin for, but yeah. it was fortunate. <laughs> it was fortunate. Okay. Uh, all right. Uh, Winfield, you're second. No. No. Oh, sorry. Oh, sorry. False. Richard, you're second. Sorry, dudes. False. False. Uh, my second choice um, is WNBA superstar Sue Bird and U.S. women's national soccer team legend Megan Rapino. Oh, wow. A true sports power couple. Okay. Um, Sue Bird, who is maybe the greatest WNBA player of all time, who has been playing for like, I don't know, 20 years at this point uh, and still going strong, I should I should add. And then Megan Rapino, who even it, whether or not she's the best women's soccer player in the world, I would argue she is the most famous mm-hmm. women's soccer player. She is maybe the one female soccer player that the average person can name, even if they don't follow the sport. Yeah. Yeah. And so, you know, having them as a couple, it's just it's a reminder that yes, we still have a long ways to go in terms of equality and, and justice and, and rights for, for people of different sexualities. But the fact that they have started to become this kind of beloved couple in the world of sports, you know, they do photo shoots together and the videos and just everything that you would, that you would expect other power couples to do it's just not seen as that much of a big deal anymore versus a handful of years ago when female sports athletes were leagues and agents and coaches and whoever else were desperate to keep these women in the closet Mm. it was just this you're going to ruin your career if you come out of the closet you'll never get an endorsement deal you'll never you know, it's going to be ruinous for you. Uh-huh. And we've advanced, we've advanced past that to some extent. And again, there is a lot of work to do. It helps when you're the best basketball player of all time and the most famous women's soccer player of recent times. Uh-huh. Certainly that gives you a little bit more leeway than if you were just sort of an average player on an average team somewhere. But I think, think it's, 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 it makes me feel like 
there is progress that we're making and there's mm-hmm. some light at the end of the tunnel. So it was that uh, Megan Rapino was chosen. Victoria's Secret got rid of its angels and brought on Megan Rapino. Yes. <laughs> That's pretty cool. Yeah. yeah. So here's the person who's making change. Yeah. Yeah. I actually thought about her as a uh, selection for our Mount Rushmore of Cool episode that we did last week. Mm. Hmm. Do power couples cancel each other out or do they, is this synergy? Uh, Disney doesn't own that. Is there synergy <laughs> in in this relationship, do you think? Like when they come together, do they, now from what you're talking, the the, the observation that these two are, are, um, um, are claiming their right to have an open and healthy and visible relationship um, is powerful in itself is is incredibly powerful um, yeah but is that is that um a function of their individual prowess on in sports or their inv- individual trying to trying to figure out if in any of these cases does one plus one equals more than two here yeah Another i think with, yeah. i think with them they do yeah um and i think that they're kind of been in a position where the last couple of years has kind of been since they went public with their relationship mm-hmm. and have stepped out as a couple. Yeah. You know, they're, they, they, they've been able to take whatever level of individual fame that they had. Certainly with Sue Bird, I would say more than Megan Rapino, who was already pretty damn famous to begin with. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's kind of elevated both of their statuses. Yeah. I always think like, I remember, I remember Heidi Klum and Seal, two two huge stars in two different, both in entertainment, I guess. But I remember thinking, do either of their fans, do they have a crossover between their fans? Like maybe maybe it's a soccer mom in the car singing uh, Kiss from a Rose, you know, or whatever. Right. You know, what, what's the crossover? Do, what, what do they do for each other? Uh, does it help? I don't know. Right. Okay, uh, um, this is Winfield's second. All right. My second choice is a brief power couple for one year. Oh. Paul Simon and Carrie Fisher. Oh, wow. Maybe yeah. it'd be, um, you know, it's a one of those weird kind of marriages, love affair type things that mm-hmm. uh, kind of flash in the pan, kind of turns into just like a lifelong friendship relationship thing, but... Maybe you think you're together at this time, and then it's like, ah, you know what? I'm Carrie Fisher, and maybe I'm um, I'm not going to be in a relationship yeah. with anybody. Go to yeah. get out of here. But um, you know, this they kind of first met uh, in like the late seventies, um, kind of when she started um, filming Star Wars, or shortly after, and started getting into like some. Uh, I don't know if they met on the maybe it was blues brothers where they met, but, um, Oh no, no, they met before, I guess they met before that, but, um, they got married in 1983 and lasted a year. And I thought of the couple that God is, I was thinking of a couple that, you know, she was just coming off of return of the Jedi and like probably her most, you know, visible physically, but most like, wow, one of the biggest movies, you know, and he was about to make, um, 
not a great album, Hearts and Bones, which we've talked about mm-hmm. on this podcast. But um, I don't know. I think of them as like, of all the couples on my list, as like, oh, I kind of wish they'd kind of stayed together. Hmm. Maybe there was nothing necessarily um, powerful about them and I, that kind of goes back against my my choice. But like, I don't know. It seems like he's written a whole lot of really good songs about them and about her. Um, and uh, I don't know. Maybe this isn't really going anywhere. Maybe I just like them as I, a you know, celebrity couple. In When Harry Met Sally, she, uh, Carrie Fisher's partnered with Bruno Kirby and... I always imagined that that was Paul Simon, that that was his kind of on-screen proxy. Uh, And it was kind of fun to see them together. But yeah, I can see that both of them kind of the, in the more acerbic and um, uh, almost critics of their own form that they're inside of. I think, you know, Paul Simon wrote a lot of hits, but he also kind of was always on the kind of the folk and kind of the folky side of rock and the kind of the world beat side of rock. So, and Carrie Fisher was always seeming like, even when she was a, an ingenue, um, somebody who was a little bit too, too smart for the part of just being almost like Catherine Hepburn, like of just being an ingenue. It, funny. Uh, there was a, there's a great podcast, five or history of rock and 500 songs that talks about, um, uh, Paul Simon dumping art Garfunkel too. So here he was, here was his other, <laughs> big uh, relationship and uh, um, describing Art Garfunkel as tremendously codependent on mm. Paul Simon and Art and Paul Simon kind of saying, yeah, I'll be the Everly Brothers with you for a while, but what I want to do is be Elvis by myself. So mm. um, maybe that's a, a little bit of the ego that he brought into that relationship with uh, Carrie Fisher. So. I don't know. Like I'm thinking about them as uh I don't know, maybe everything just kind of congealed together in like my kind of idealized like couple, Uh, certainly Mm -hmm. Princess Leia and um, God, one of my just all time favorite songwriters, uh, just uh, singers. I don't know. Yeah. Something that like uh, really speaks to me. Like I didn't really know that they were together until like you kind of hear about it. You're like, oh, okay, that's. She married him. Yeah. <laughs> did he, I mean, I don't. I you know. Did he go, go from ahead. her to Edie Brickell or something? Was weren't they married? Yeah, they're still married. They're, they're still okay. married. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, I. Uh, you know. I you know Carrie Fisher at that time was was she kind of dealing with her her major her heavy drug years around that time I think I think so a couple of years later she had written postcards from the edge. Um, and I think that kind of dealt with her addiction a little better and relationship with her mother. Yeah. So it's kind of, you know, interesting that they were, you know, that they were in a relationship when she was kind of at a low point in a lot of ways. I don't know. I just find that interesting. Yeah. And that let, but joke? let's, but let's be honest. Yes, it is. Let's be <laughs> honest, Michael. You, 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 you looked at the download numbers you saw that we hadn't talked about Paul Simon in a couple of weeks. Sure. Realize that's what really gets the listeners in. That's sweet, when we sweet go, hashtag. we go full Simon cast. Rhyme and Simon. As your Paul, as your Paul Simon podcast a record. <laughs> and we so I appreciate sure, you doing that. We had to make sure that we um, hashtag the, 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 the Bay Hive. And we had yep. to hashtag that, you know, si- 
Fantastic. The Simonizers. Simonizers. Yeah. The Tracy heads out there. Yep. Uh, okay. Uh, this is the halftime. And, you know, I, it Thank has goodness. come to my attention that some people listen to this podcast just for this halftime. So I'm going to try to make it really poetic and articulate. Uh, all right. Let me play the hits. Um, follow us out on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. Some people who have suggested in the past have been on the show. It hasn't happened for four and a half years. I don't know why I'm still talking about it. Um, but we really want you to share the podcast. Um, this episode is clearly one of our Valentine's Day uh, uh, hits here. So you're probably thinking, oh, crap. It's almost February 14th. What am I going to get my significant other? Maybe you are uh, Megan Rapino, and you're thinking, what am I going to get Sue for Valentine's Day? Well, you're listening to it. You're going to send them a link from your podcast uh, aggregator of choice to this Mount Rushmore podcast and say, there, are you happy? Um, they were out of tennis bracelets, so I got you this. So that, that's it. And that's- if, you do, if you do that, I will record one video that you can send. Now, keep in mind, it won't be personalized. It's just going to be one video where I say yeah. something like, Dear recipient, the person yeah. who sent this to you really loves you. <laughs> It'll be basically something like that, yada, yada, yada. So hopefully hopefully that helps get across the love that you have for your partner. Perfect. Say it with men, Freddie. <laughs> if you want to close the deal on an engagement or something like that. <laughs> with a generic stock sort of... Men, Freddie. <laughs> okay. So are you happy? world we're done with the halftime and uh oh my god speaking of halftime so when super bowl it would already have happened would it already have happened no i think it's still got uh maybe the week week or so after this comes out oh my god we should do halftime shows okay um richard manfredi what is your third choice all right my third choice uh a very unlikely power couple um, perhaps as in in some ways as mismatched as you possibly could be, at least politically. Uh, James Carville and Mary Madeline. Oh, fun! That's a great pick, Richard. Yeah, thank you. Um, so, for those of you who don't know, James Carville was Bill Clinton's chief political strategist, strategist during the 1992 campaign. Mary Madeline was the chief, one of the chief political strategists for George H. W. Bush during the 1992 campaign. And yet somehow they have managed, despite being on completely opposite ends of the political spectrum, they have managed to keep a relationship and a marriage together for probably going on 30 years now. Who's that um, Who's that completely horrible woman that worked for Trump? That Yeah, um, Conway and uh, her Kelly husband. Kellyanne Conway. That's yeah. right. She and her, uh, her husband are also... Um, I believe are similar, I, although I don't know if he's really a Democrat. I think that he just hates. I think, Trump. yeah, I think he's one of those like never Trumper Republican yeah. types. Yeah, okay. No, okay. So but it's this is, this not is quite a, the same thing, but this is, yeah, this is this the is real, deal, this is the real deal. You know, died died in the wool Democrat, died in the wool Republican. You know, I they very specifically do not talk about work at home. Probably because it would piss them each other off so much. Whatever they're talking about, whatever they're doing, wild. And I just, I just think it's wild that they've been able to, to kind of 
avoid having this spill into their private lives, mm-hmm. their personal. What did, you, yeah. hey, what did political... you do today? Nothing. What did you do today? Nothing. Okay. Nothing you need We're to good. know about. <laughs> We're good. Yeah. yeah. I, uh, you know, my parents were pretty aligned politically, so that we didn't have those issues. Um, but I, I, I had a couple of friends where I'd go over to the house, and if it was politics season, if there is an election going on, and conversation came up around politics, it was like, oh boy, let's 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 go somewhere else, mm-hmm. type thing. <laughs> It's like if the wolf and the sheepdog clocked out of their cartoon forest and then went home because they're married together with each other. Or something. Yeah, this yeah. this is not even taking into account that James Carville looks like a frog. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No offense want- to James Carville. No. But he yeah. looks like a frog. Can you make can you make uh can you change that to some sort of like a some sort of Louisiana Bayou reference, uh, some sort of something, uh, some sort of uh, alligator. Yeah. Because I think that he would more appreciate that. I need something a little more folksy, you think? Yeah. yeah. Look like He looks like a frog. It's been stuck out there in the swamp there too long. Go. Yeah. <laughs> but, I mean, it's just, they make it work. I mean, I, I can't fathom a scenario where I would be able to make it work. No. Like if my wife was a hardcore Republican... We would not be husband and wife as much as I love her. And as much as we have other things in common, it would be so fundamentally hard for me to be able to look past that and say, oh, I still think you're a great person, even though you believe in the exact opposite. uh, You have the exact opposite way of thinking than I do about big, important issues and things that are just fundamentally make you who you are. I think Mm -hmm. it's almost impossible when you don't um, uh, listen to the same type of music. (laughs) <laughs> right let, let alone are, are not part of the same political party yeah let alone are major operatives within the same political party yet yet are working in opposite <laughs> campaigns against each other and I, you know i don't know if they were um married or dating then when they were both um on the campaign trail for their respective uh, candidates but like man uh, like it must be tough when it's like yeah i'm gonna put some uh, country music on you're just like mm, no <laughs> uh, ooh, why do we... I think Michael worries is a good point. Let's hear it from the non-power couples who are just trying not to kill each other out there <laughs> and making things happen because that's ninety-nine point nine 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 percent of the couples. Yeah, they were together while they were working on the Clinton Bush election. That's or they'd wild. been they'd been they'd met about a year ago, a year before the kind of election cycle started. Well, it almost seems like two. Uh, two trial lawyers who are on opposing sides. Um, you know where your job is, and that's to get your person in, in into, this, into the office. And so whether they're innocent or guilty, you're just going to give them the best shot you can. So It feels like if, if this was pitched as a sitcom, you know, two political operatives on opposite sides of the spectrum who find love together, it would be just it would make it past the pilot stage because people would watch it and go, "That's not realistic." <laughs> that can't. Well, happen. there was a movie, wasn't there? A movie? I think there was a movie. Well, well there was Primary Colors. Okay, but that well, that was that more was... about John Travolta Clinton. trying to play Bill Clinton. Yeah. <laughs> okay. All right. All right. All right. All right. Uh, Winfield, your third is what? Uh, my third choice is uh, Tommy Lee and Pamela Anderson. Oh God! Who, uh, <laughs> Boy, put, uh, sex tapes on the map with their yeah. um, 
Now, I will say this. Like, of the two, I think Pamela Anderson definitely had a more um, interesting career up until that point when the sex tape between them was released, right? He was Mm -hmm. just, like, just the drummer from Motley Crue. And by the time that they were together what 1990 late 90s um like did anybody really care about tommy lee probably not right he was just like some skeezy drummer for motley crew yeah she was you know uh the lead on or one of the leads on uh a very popular tv show Uh and um started doing the most the most famous tv show in the world at the time. Yeah. I Biggest mean, show in the world. Yeah. Uh, did she start on... Uh, 60 Minutes. She was a uh, commentary on 60 Minutes. Yeah, she took she... over from uh, from Andy Rooney, didn't she? Yeah. She, she, yeah. <laughs> yeah you, ever, you, you ever have your breast implants kind of shape a little bit funny? Don't you hate it when that happens? <laughs> a stack of papers and books. Ba- are... Baywatch, right? But was she on something... Uh, I was thinking of... um, uh, What's the Tim Allen... Wasn't she... Uh... Home Improvement. Home Improvement. I think she was, was she a Home Improvement? The Tool Time uh, Girl or something? Girl. Okay. Anyway, you know, she, and modeling and Playboy stuff and, you know, a, kind of a nascent kind of a movie career as well. Um, but then, you know, this home movie sex tape comes out and like, all of a sudden, like, he's a name again. And, or, or for the first time, I don't know. I had never yeah. heard of him really before. And she was kind of, you know, like infamy can make you very famy, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, you know, obviously there he had some sense of, I don't know. I think infamy is just as kind of, uh, you know, it's the no bad press sort of thing. You know, you become famous for whatever you become famous for. Certainly um, Paris Hilton, I hadn't heard of her before she had a, sex tape and kim kardashian the same now mm-hmm. billionaires i mean she uh, paris Hilton was a billionaire before and kim kardashian obviously was very wealthy before anything mm-hmm. happened with her but that sort of thing leads to i don't know so many other open doors and um pamela anderson i believe and tommy lee kind of sued to have the thing uh removed or not being published and then they came to a deal where it would they just realized, oh, there's more money in it. So yeah. many people have seen already that there's more money in it. Us getting paid for it mm-hmm. as long as it's out there. But I don't know. There is something about that very brief period of time where like, oh, this was a very famous couple for um, something kind of infamous. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah. Pam had more dimension to her celebrity. Tommy was just the guy behind the revolving drum kit that we didn't really hear from that much. So. I mean, did he he must have gone on to have be a part of so many other different things, maybe a celebrity Big Brother sort of thing, or like a I don't know some sort of show on VH1 where he was a person on a thing. You know, mm-hmm. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know. Okay, uh, Mr. Manfredi. Uh, uh, so be- power would 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 okay. Question: Would Tesla and Edison be considered mm. a power couple? I don't know who the bottom was in that relationship, so okay, it's hard to right. tell. All right. Um, I just wanted to point out that you were right, Michael. 
Uh, mm. Pamela Anderson was the first uh, Tool Time girl okay. for the first two seasons of the uh, the series. I learned that on a Home Improvement Wikipedia or a Home Improvement Wiki. It oh, is dedicated it just to Home Improvement. Which, knowing that there is a home improvement wiki, just makes me incredibly sad. <laughs> there is Do a Dean Cain um, fan site too, probably. Yeah. Let's let's make sure we look to find out what the official home improvement wiki. Uh, I think it's entitled. Oh, 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 oh. yeah. What is that called? <laughs> How do you look that up? How do you spell that, that? I know that on The Simpsons, it's it's not dough, but it's like a. Uh, annoyed grunt. Yeah, <laughs> there must be there must be the Tim Allen version of whatever that is, uh, monkey yeah. monkey noise or whatever. All right, so my last choice that yeah. now that to to get away from that Boy, as far yeah. far away from home improvement as we can. Um, not so much a power couple now, even though they're still together, but certainly a power couple in the eighties. And this is one that is a little bit of a deep cut, but I'm going to stand by it. It's Jane Pauley and Gary Trudeau. Really. Yeah, did you know that they were they've been married for like thirty or forty years yeah. now? No. Yeah, they got married in nineteen eighty. So Jane Polly, the uh, host of the Today Show through pretty much all of the nineteen eighties, mm-hmm. one of the most famous TV personalities of her era, and then Gary Trudeau, the author of creator of the Doonesbury cartoons. Yeah. Um, oh, which, this is right in line with you, Richard. You're a big Doonesbury head, aren't you? I used to read a lot of Doonesbury when I was like in, in junior high. I used to get the uh, Doonesbury collections out of the uh, mm-hmm. the library and keep up on yeah. the uh, on the uh, comings and goings of Jimmy Thudpucker, Zonker <laughs> Harris, et cetera, et cetera. <laughs> but I I love them as a power couple because they've just managed to to stay under the radar with it. Jeff, you didn't. You're somebody who knows a lot of this stuff. You yeah, didn't, didn't know, know that. I didn't know. And Gary Trudeau is somebody who is famously kind of a recluse, or at least mm-hmm. not a if not a recluse, at least somebody who's not very comfortable being interviewed and giving yeah. interviews and being in the public spotlight. He's not like Charles Schultz, where he's like, "Shut up." Yeah, come on, Schultz. Enough Sparky. with yeah. Enough with the yeah. I know you created Charlie Brown. We get it. Yeah, chill out. But there is something off, slightly off topic. There is something weird about how these, so many of these comics creators are also kind of very particular about their time, and particular about being out in the public spotlight. Oh, whether it's huh. Gary Larson or Bill Waterston, mm-hmm. Gary Trudeau. You know, you could kind of go Burke Brethed was, was yeah. another one who I think wasn't, didn't do a lot of interviews and things like that. Yeah. There is something about like that era of comics people. And maybe that's when comics were starting to be thought of as more than just something that was in the funny papers. Mm-hmm. When it was starting, you know, he won a Pulitzer Prize for Doonesbury. Mm-hmm. Um, that would be something that was unheard of yeah. before then. So you're, you're starting to get the the comics book creator as auteur. Mm-hmm. Let me put it this way. Nobody involved with Mary Worth has ever said, I don't do interviews. <laughs> put it that way. But then you've got Jane Pauley, who is, like I said, someone that, that millions of Americans woke up to every morning. Mm-hmm. 
and is just was just out there and part of being a, a daytime talk show host is just sort of making the audience feel like they know you personally and that they have a slice of you that 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 they feel like they know mm-hmm. so it's just that contrast between the two of them and the yeah. fact that they've been able to make it work for 42 years now yeah it's just fascinating to me yeah that's i think that's a well i don't know i don't know if anybody's gonna say this couple but uh um uh jamie lee curtis and christopher guest sure but it's funny that they you know christopher guest is a performer but i don't think he likes to be in the spotlight that much and and i i also think he doesn't even prefer to be anything like himself when he's on in media so I've, uh what's that i've heard that uh, uh eugene levy basically say that if some people have dry humor in real life christopher guest is arid like a desert <laughs> yeah yeah that that is interesting like what what is it is is that person uh, ground the other person you know or 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 sometimes are, are these uh performers these tv personalities hiding something that we don't know that they're secretly introverts and then so that that uh, cartoonist per- type person is is really a perfect match for them i don't know or is there not room enough for two people who are like TV celebrities in, in the family? So they have Yeah, to I don't know if they're re- maybe the relationship wouldn't work if he was more kind of outgoing and yeah. somebody who you, whose face you saw on TV quite a bit and stuff like yeah. that. Yeah. Okay, so uh the last Winfield is is gonna uh my last choice is um you know, maybe seems a little obvious, but like um Brad Pitt and Jennifer Aniston, who managed to be two very beautiful people that got together yeah, and just dominated and still continue to weirdly dominate this weird aisle in the grocery store of like tabloid magazine. <laughs> like it's amazing how much content is built around uh-huh. these two people for just being extremely good looking yeah and like having to have gotten together for a number of years and yeah. then they broke up and then still every tabloid mm-hmm. i don't know conversation seems to be about brad and brad and angelina and then they broke up and was he going to get back together with jennifer and like mm-hmm. it's wild that there's this weird pull and interest in like celebrity coupledom and how much that is just this thing that is like, there's just a section of whatever magazine, People Magazine or, uh, you know, it's strange when you go onto, like, you open up, like, you know, your particular web browser or a news platform, you go to, like, Yahoo News, and you click on sports, and you know what sports is going to be. It's going to be scores, it's going to be stories about the sporting world. Same thing with business entertainment has this very strange grasp on what they've determined to be entertainment which seems to be what movies are coming out what tv shows are coming out very little about music but then also like what celebrity couples are together and doing and who have they been out with like is that somehow this has just been filtered into what is known as entertainment and yeah. maybe it goes back to something that you both both of you kind of had talked about early with like the Catherine Hepburn and um, 
uh, Spencer Tracy, Spencer Tracy, or like this idea of like Hollywood, you know, kind of existing in this desert away from things and things were kind of, but like, I don't know, the idea of who is dating whom and that as entertainment news, who is it? Is it entertainment to it's not. I don't know. It's very. It's a very strange thing to have been lumped together. And this is a couple mm-hmm. that, whether they are together or not, are, you know, continuously linked for like in perpetuity. Yeah. That I don't. I don't think that they will ever be like a. They will always be like. It feels like there is going to be like the first line of their Wikipedia entry. Mm-hmm. For forevermore going forward will be mm-hmm. like oh Jennifer Aniston once dated. And maybe yeah. they were married. I don't even know. Yeah, I they were no married. Idea. How do I know that? By the way, how do I know that? That yeah. speaks to your point. I just these these sort of celebrity couplings and and power couples, they just sort of even if you're not someone who reads the tabloids or reads the Entertainment Weekly regularly, mm-hmm. somehow it just leeches into pop culture. Yeah, it yeah. just becomes something that you know, and it's weird. It's interesting because was he the were they kind of the first kind of royalty in TV and film respectively? Like what, what was it about that, that sticks in, I think all tabloids know if they need to, if they got us, if, if a uh, bat boy or, or whatever <laughs> Elvis hasn't been peaking that week, then they can go to those two. That's an interesting. And, and is I, it because she's like... had so many fail, like she's had so many kind of near misses in relationships since then. Right. Yeah. I, yeah. I think that he is, I don't know. I think that there was, I I think them being a very, they hit, like, I think it was just like, they, they hit the zeitgeist of popular media at the exact right time together. Her with a TV show and him as a movie star and them being just very attractive people. And then, um, you know, the magic of, you know, um, being able to, you know, combine their names into one, you know, into one thing was just like, okay, well, there you go. Wait, were they Benefer or was who was who was? Oh, maybe I don't even know. So no, like, Benefer was Benefer was uh, Ben yeah, Affleck and, and Jennifer Garner or Jennifer uh, Lopez. Okay, were they anything um, then? No, they weren't. They were before portmanteaus existed. Thank you. <laughs> okay. Okay. Well, then there you go. I don't even know, and I just assumed. I just assumed that this thing that was about somebody else was actually happened to be about them, because yeah. of their, you know, uh, celebrity coupledom. And yeah. uh, what will happen in three and a half years if they are ever seen in the same room getting a cup of coffee? That is seven more years of uh, <laughs> tabloid fodder. Tabloid yeah. Fodder. It's wild. I saw. I uh, Sarah and I saw them. At Electric Lotus, the Indian restaurant on Vermont in Los Angeles here. I don't have much really a story about it. It literally was, uh-huh. we walked in the door as they were walking out the door. Um, but I, what I can tell you is they're both really good looking people. <laughs> Man, it just makes you feel small whenever you, yeah. you see some two people like that. It's like, what am I doing? I got it. I got to get a stylist. Yeah. I mean, the skincare routine on both of them must be just like uh, amazing. Yeah. Impeccable. I think, okay, so let's rippity wrap it up. But I think there's interesting bookends on this because to all of our young listeners, uh, um, Stacy, Mitch, 
Tina. Chucky. Um, Chucky. The, the name, the, uh, it, it's got to be names like, um, like Jan- Trevor. Anthony. Yeah. Jaden. Yeah. Um, no, these kids are, they're named like Facebook, COVID. Like that's what these names are. Uh, cloud, cloud backup. Cloud backup. <laughs> iPhone. Um, so Spencer, Tracy, and Catherine Hepburn are probably equally as ethereal and outdated as Brad and Jennifer to mm. like, like a, do you think like to a 14 year old who's like, I don't know. Who? I don't know. Sure. <laughs> I don't know. What movie I don't know. I, I, I don't, you know, certainly I, I, not that any, any young person or anybody really goes into a grocery store anymore, but yeah. like, who are the people that are still on the, on the, yeah. the face, the, the, you know, the front page of yeah. most of these things. This is strange. All right. So, um, you know, the, uh, conservative news media is rallying or decrying woke culture but uh, mm. richard richard brought the rope the wokeness so let's go with um sue bird and megan rapino let's go with uh jane Pauley and gary trudeau and let's go with um james carville and marion matlin uh i guess informed no michael's very informed uh and then just because they're the um, the king and queen, uh, Beyonce and Jay Z. So I hope you got that out of me. And then uh, just a bonus for Jeff, George Jones, and Tammy Wynette. Ooh, that's right. a good one. Okay, all right. I like that one, Jeff. Okay, all right, all right. <laughs> not not better than any of mine, but I like it. Oh, geez. Okay, so. all right, all right. All right, um, this has been the Mount Rushmore of uh, celebrity power couples. My name is always Jeff. I'm Richard. I'm Michael.